Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast episode. Someone help me out right now. 38, 38, I think. Yes. Did you just nearly forget the name of the podcast? That was a yeah, big I... pause. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> it's a, forgive us. Like, I'm, being, I'm used to... I can't even speak. Fucking let's chill. Can we start again? I'm used to doing this on a Sunday morning now after the earlier schedules. And now it's back to a Sunday evening. Put, us, put me off my stride. It got like... 75% more handsome when you do in the evenings. What? I am more handsome than the evenings, or? Oh, you've added us. Oh, sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what you're saying is, I've removed one Matthew Morgan and replaced him with a, uh, a Paul C, a, jo- a Johnny Lewis, and a Shredded Ed. <laughs> We've definitely got funnier with the Welsh accent, so. And we got babies. Oh, yeah, and we got a baby. Hello. This is this is the worst thing about listening to a podcast. You can't see. Yeah, true. Is she wearing one of those grow bags that are all of a sudden a thing? Yeah. yeah what yeah. what's that even about? Because I'm sure just... when we were babies, we weren't put in miracle grow bags and like forced no. to grow. I was putting a coal bag on that old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't take the coal out of it either. No. She looks like you, mate. Looks like you, Johnny. But then I think most babies I've been around lately, they all look like their dads. So do you? Yeah, I do. Life in it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's because you've got an egghead though, like me. She's got no hair. Hell tangent that we're on. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's so uh as you might have noticed, Paul, Ed and Johnny. So Paul, what's been happening? God, that's Norfolk, wasn't it? What's been happening? What's been happening? Standard, well, standard old work stuff. Looking at sort of a house, which is good. There's a place for the boys to come and visit at some point. Yes. I'm warning Becky about that. Preach it. Um, Preach it. Have you not asked it yet? <laughs> so, yeah, things are going to get busy because it's a fixer-upper. We're going to start ripping everything out and start from the ground up, really. But no, it's good. It'll be good. Good project. Another project to get into. So are, wow. you, are you planning on doing the whole house before moving in or are you going to sort of do it room by room and, and live and expand through the house? No, we're going to do it all at all first. In. Yeah. I suppose you've yeah. got somewhere to live now, haven't you? So it's not like you're being kicked out or anything. No, no. Yeah, we're cool cupboard. And, yeah, so... and how's project shoot going on? The second project? Jim is not going on so well. I've been... Slack with the gymming, but uh, food-wise, yeah, doing well. Tracking and yeah, bits and pieces dropping off here and there. Is that why you shaved your beard to get a, a new low? We just discussed that. <laughs> I just shaved the a chin in, so the illusions of a jaw. So, Good effort. That's all going on. okay. We'll be. Good. We'll get there. Good. Good, Johnny. What's been happening? Daddy daughter day yesterday. Sherry was out getting massaged. Sounds super dodgy, but it's for a birthday. <laughs> the mates, not some sort of uh, 
Massaged. Massaged. <laughs> Air quotes. Massaged. Uh, so spent the day yesterday getting the steps in, walking around. Funny enough, she likes, she doesn't make a sound when we're out and about in the little walk, uh, what do you call them? The things you put them in in front of you. I don't know. The pram. Harness? No, Harness? no, no. Harness? That's the one, yeah. Harness. Mm-hmm. Harnessed up. Today, uh, what happened today? Harnessed up again. Walking on up the woods, took the dog up. The dog shit in the middle of the road. Nice, nice. Straight away. So, well done. Just going on the harness thing, right? I've said, like, so we've talked about um, reductions in neat and starvation mode and all this stuff before. I've always said, right, like, because the adaptations that happen are due to lower body weight on, you know, a large part, so you're just getting smaller and you burn less calories, doing something like strapping a baby to your body, massively good way of counteracting these adaptations to dieting. Plus, as she as you get lighter, she's never going to be going to get, get heavier. heavier. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And ho- ho- hopefully, a pound a week, and you lose a pound a week. Bang it! This is a top tip. This is this solves everything. Get this a baby, sol- strap yeah. it to you as you get lighter. Job done. Well, it's like so it's, so it's basically like the modern version of the guy with the bull. Yeah, I was going to say, what was yeah. the the Greek? There was a Greek myth story, wasn't it? Uh, carried the bull up the, the hill for every every day. He did. And it, you, you get bigger and stronger when the bull gets bigger and stronger. I, I believe that's often used. Um, actually, John, you'll have seen this. I was in the SBS um, literature for uh, depicting progressive overload. I think it was actually. I'd done it like yes. a year and a half ago, so I've probably forgotten by now. No. But yeah, I know what you're saying. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Wandering around most of the weekend. Gym. Uh, I look forward to when you guys are. Uh, like 16 years down the line and you're still carrying your baby. <laughs> <laughs> Some massive chest harness. I'll just be in town raving with them. It'll be like an Austin Powers with Mini-Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope she's bigger than that, 16. Though. Well, yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um, Shredded Ed, what's been happening? Um, laying down the shreds. Uh gymming working too much and uh yeah weight's coming down steadily i haven't really been weighing myself that often to be honest with you which i know goes kind of against a lot of what we kind of talk about um and uh, i think just because i'm trying to do this as chilled as possible this diet because i think the last one just got a bit on top of things uh last time so I'm just trying to do it really chilled not really think about it too much um, and because of result of that I just haven't been hungry at all and I know obviously I'm only like six eight weeks in something like that compared to 30 weeks in but uh, yeah I just I don't feel like I'm dieting at all you know I have the odd day where it might be calories might be slightly higher but and then I'll just compensate like last night I didn't eat a great deal throughout the day even I played hockey so my steps were like half of on top of what they normally are um, but I did have a few beers at the hockey club in the evening. So today I just have eaten really, really light and I've only eaten one meal up to now and it is 20 past seven at night. So, um, yeah, just little things like that. So, um, trying to be sort of more mindful with it, I suppose, even though I am tracking my intake, which is a kind of, uh, an interesting way of doing things. Cause I've always been very much like the rest of you boys and, you know, everything's tracked, everything's weighed and everything's to the T, but 
in this whole diet, I have not weighed a single thing. I've tracked and I've gone portion sizes and, and I know I know how much a 120 grams worth of peppers is or, you know, 200 grams worth of chicken. Um, but I've not used my scales at all this whole diet. Oh, Mostly because of the reason is the batteries died on them and I can't be asked to replace them. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's an interesting and different way of going about things. Is my progress as sharp and as quick as it probably could be if I was being 100% on uh, probably not but I'm making good progress and I'm enjoying it a lot more and uh, I'm a lot more relaxed about it so yeah. Cool. yeah I don't weigh a lot anyway there's only certain foods and specific foods that I tend to weigh um, most stuff I don't if I'm honest I weigh peanut butter but then I don't eat peanut butter when I diet so yeah. I might weigh I might, basically I weigh very calorie dense foods tend to be fats most other stuff eyeball not not interested in weighing yeah. Certainly don't wear. I certainly don't wear out my fucking squash. I tell you that. <laughs> I know somebody used to weigh out there like turmeric and all the herbs. So well, we know someone at least weighs out the cinnamon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. I weigh out my cod liver oil tablets. You're an idiot. I don't really. No, <laughs> I don't even count them. Although plenty of people do. So, like. Um, yeah, anyway, no, I don't know what to say. The, the thing is, though, talking about that and saying, you know, we don't really particularly use our scales to weigh foods. Okay, you can look at that sort of two ways. You can look at that, the fact that we've we've all tracked for years and years and years. So you get to that point now where you're being, you're mindfully adding food to your to your diet and you're mindfully adding foods to, you know, your MyFitnessPal or whatever. You're still tracking and you're still being mindful of what you're eating but you just you know rough you know it's like when your nan makes a cake your nan doesn't weigh out the flour the caster sugar and all that lot she knows she knows exactly how much 200 grams worth of flour is um it's kind of a bit like the same so you can't really go into things i don't think without with that kind of attitude without you know you can't say right okay I'm gonna, i've never trapped before but i'm going to guess that's 200 grams worth of chicken well is it and you probably weigh it and it'll probably be like 240 or something um yeah, so you've got I to have experience. You, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and when people say, oh, I couldn't do this for life, I couldn't weigh food for life, no, no, you couldn't because <laughs> you'd be crazy by the end of it. But you can find ways of going around it, being mindful and, and everything else. And at the end of the day, you might not have to use my fitness pal because you know, right, okay, well, today I've eaten this much chicken or this much that and that and that. And I know roughly that's about 1,600 calories, so I've got room for another meal or that's that's my limit for today or, you know, stuff like that, so... So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because obviously I was chatting to Henry uh, Tonkinson, one of the listeners, um, during the week, and uh, I do like to. We have a bit of bants, but I, I was joking around um, about squash gate and weighing your squash and stuff, and even like cod liver oil tablets. You made a joke there, uh, Paulie Paolo. But some people do want to do it, and I, I guess it's like, oh, okay. Well, if it makes you feel better, go ahead, weigh your squash or put it into your diet. Because I think he said he didn't he didn't weigh it out. He he's he was saying that he basically puts in like an allowance, like I don't know, like put in two liters of squash a day, and then that just covers me how much I have. That's kind of like okay, well that's a bit more of a relaxed way of doing it. But I personally wouldn't even do that, and I don't even count my cod liver oil tablets, even though there's probably like well, there's two grams of fat in them because obviously I'm having two two grams of cod liver oil. It's, um, it's the same every day though, isn't it? So if you're yeah, having exactly matter. the same thing every single day, I've looked at this with um, when I was like prepping for my competition a few years ago we looked at right okay well if i have a buffer of two rice cakes a day where i don't track them but i know i've got them at the end of the day 
and I might have them before bed and I know that I'm not potentially going to spill over my calories because um, I know when it gets to 12 o'clock or 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock and I've eaten everything, I've matched, hit my calories and I'm feeling that bit peckish, I'm like, oh yeah, I've got those rice cakes I can have. Um, and, you know, they're only it's like 60 calories or 100 calories or whatever. Um, but because I have it every single day, my targets then are kind of worked around that. So instead of me thinking, right, okay, I've got 1,500 calories for the day, technically I've got 1,600 calories, but I'm only tracking 1,500 calories worth. Um, so it's kind of one little way yeah. of looking at things just to allow that yeah. kind of like emergency uh, kind of snack or whatever. Yeah, that's basically what I said at Squashgate. I said just create yourself a buffer if you're that bothered and then job done. Yeah. Anywho, right. So we wanted today to talk about accountability, didn't we? So basically the implementation of accountability to help you stay on track with your diet. I think firstly, we probably should talk about what accountability is because people ban the term around so much, but nobody really explains what it means and what it is. I volunteered. But do I have to? <laughs> well, well, one of the other boys can chip in if they want. There is four of us. I'll give you my opinion then, like what I, what I think it is. If you're, say you're starting on a diet or whatever, and you're doing it by yourself, then there's obviously going to be temptation to go, oh, look, there's, uh, there's a biscuit there. I'll, uh, I'll have that and just forget I've had it. I'll, 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 have, I'll have that. I will. <laughs> I'll have that. I'll have a, a, a biscuit <laughs> by where? <laughs> However, if you have someone sort of watching you, especially someone who even who knows about nutrition, and if they've if you've got a set carry amount and you're not losing weight over you know, a couple of weeks, they know you're lying. So you know that they know you're lying. So you're less likely to go and take that biscuit and shove it in your face. And it, it's having someone there to be like, I don't know, so you don't lie so much. You can lie to yourself, but then it's hard to lie to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? But really good example. Inclination to kind of please people in a certain way. Yeah. Massively, I don't yeah. Seek, seek, um... I can't think of a word right now, but sort of so that they look favorably on you, I guess, in some way. Yeah, yeah, you're trying to impress them, aren't you? So, um, with Johnny's example then of having somebody who's quite, because I mean, it can work in many ways, I think. It can be somebody who is literally like your partner who is keeping you on track and making sure that you're kind of, you know, not cheating, um, or whether it's down to the point of where you hire somebody, or whether it's a friend and you're trying to diet together, um, or say you hire a coach or something like that. It's all different forms of accountability, and different ones work for different people. Um, but uh, talking about having a partner doing it for you so last night went to the hockey club had a few beers so I came back and I wasn't drunk but I I, I, I was merry and uh, and when I'm merry I really like to snack and I, I can guarantee a lot of people kind of can resonate with that um, so uh, I couldn't find any chocolate in the house that's normally my go-to uh, I thought oh you know what I really fancy a bit of cheese and obviously with my job there's cheese in the house um so i uh, i got out of the cheese box and alex turned around and was like but you don't really want that though do you um and i was just like shut up because <laughs> she was 
she was right. I didn't really want it. I was just eating it because um, for eating its sake. And uh, yeah, I still had a few slices, but I probably didn't have as much as I would have done um, if she hadn't have been there. Literally, she must have said it about 10 times to me. You don't want to eat that though, do you? You don't really want that. You're not actually hungry though, are you? Um, yeah, so it's kind of down to the point of that, of having somebody literally on your shoulder saying, you don't really need that. And maybe that could be a question you could ask yourself. And this is kind of going to that whole mindful thing um, of, are you actually hungry? Do you actually need that? Is that the right thing to be eating? Or maybe should you be eating something else? Um, and, you know, asking that if you're not, if you don't have the self-control to be as mindful of saying that to yourself, then potentially having somebody else saying it to you could, could help. Um, yeah. And to, uh, the reason why I didn't want to answer the question was because I needed to plug my laptop in, um, and that's plugged in. So, um, but uh, I think accountability for most people, whether they know it or not, is probably one of the biggest factors behind anything. Really, if you think about like your job and um, your your work. If you were self-employed, now this is the reason why a lot of people can't be self-employed because if it's just you that you're doing the work for, um, then you're probably less likely to do it. Whereas if it's and if it's one of those like remedial jobs that doesn't really need doing, you're probably going to put that off more. Whereas if it's maybe more of a timed goal, so you have a holiday coming up or a wedding coming up, and you want to lose the weight for that, then you're more likely to to succeed or to get on with it because it's a timed pressure. So you have the accountability of that that timed pressure. So it's like having a deadline at work. You're more likely to get on with it because you've got to do that deadline. Um, and then thinking of it, looking at, right, okay, well, if you have a boss that's on your case all the time um, and if you have to kind of meet that deadline because you're going to be in trouble with your boss uh, if you don't, then that's kind of another way of being sort of accountable to, to finishing that work. So it's a bit like having a friend or having a coach sort of uh, overseeing you. And if you don't do well that week, that per, you know you're going to let that person down and you know they're probably going to have a little bit of a go at you or the, you know they have the, the talk with you or something. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like sort of looking at it from a different angle if you can't quite kind of put it into perspective of having somebody overseeing your, your diet because it seems quite silly doesn't it really having somebody overseeing what you put into your mouth seems like quite a, a juvenile thing almost but let's face it I think most of us need that help when we're trying to sort of force a habit and and, and change the way we go about things a lot of people eat like assholes don't they yeah absolutely just when I was rather more hefty than I am now I just eat like a complete knob do you like, do you really need that? Do you really need 10 Weetabix at a time? No. But some people need to be told, don't they? Some people just do not get in their head that they've got to eat less. Look, for Christ's sake, got to eat less. Either eat less, stop complaining, or don't complain and accept where you are. Because some people need a stern talking to because they lie to themselves yeah, yeah, I'm doing everything I can. Yeah, but you're not losing weight, so you can't be. I know there's obviously a lot of a lot of psychological factors with dieting. However, for the, I don't want to say normal, but for most of us, psychologically, we're okay. If you're fine and you need to lose weight, 
and you're not doing it. You're lying to yourself. You need someone to go, for Christ's sake, pull your finger out. Stop lying to yourself and get on with it. So that's accountability. And people don't like that. Some people, I'm going off one a bit now, but our society is too, there's too many pansies in our society that won't tell people, look, for Christ's sake, sort it out. Stop complaining and get on with it because you're not going to lose weight by complaining that you're overweight. Just get on with it. And some people need that, and that's their accountability, and that's their motivation to go, actually, yeah, we do need to sort it out. But speak, been... speaking the truth makes you a bad person, though, Johnny. Everybody knows that. Yeah, well. You can't complain yourself into a calorie deficit. That's right. You that's... can if you're too busy complaining and not eating. And if you complain so much, you're neat you, from yeah. talking and flapping like, your arms about. Like, like Johnny's neat just went through the roof just then, so he probably put himself in a calorie deficit right then. I feel my half can have been racing faster as well. Stressing up. So I'm just going to play devil's advocate a little bit because... Why, like, Brett? Come on. Sorry. I, well, just because I, I, want be, I want this to be a well-rounded podcast, not... Let's all slag off the lazy people. Hey, um, that was Johnny, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just need to kick a bit ass, don't they? Absolutely. Some people like... So basically, you've kind of got four types of motivation, haven't you, in terms of... I think so, anyway. I could be completely wrong, but like some of the, thinking back to some of the stuff I've read on like SDT, so self-determination theory and stuff like that, you kind of got external motivation... Internal intrinsic motivation, I'm trying to get what the other ones are, introjected and identified, I think. Might be wrong. So, but basically, they're all, di- there's like a spectrum of types of motivation. I guess, like, I think the theory is that some work better than others. However, I kind of think, like, I can imagine that it will work different for different personality types. Yeah, so, like, yeah, that's it. When I did all my psychology stuff, it was exactly the same. Some people are intrinsic, some people are extrinsic. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like, an in, I, I still kind of think on the whole general, an intrinsic motivation will be more successful than extrinsic in terms of, like, if you have a, the, your own internal motive to do something, I think it's probably more likely you're going to adhere to something to reach that goal than you are someone that's got an external motivation, which I suppose accountability is, because um, it's not kind of like maybe your decision necessarily, because obviously you're doing it to suit someone else or because it's an ex- external motivation however don't mean you can't have both and that's probably the most powerful okay so let's jump on this quickly then so looking at okay what could potentially be uh intrinsic motivation so internal from within motivation for somebody to lose weight or get healthier well it could be like you take my and johnny's point of view in terms of being new parents like both of us would be like, we want to live long and healthy lives for our kids. And I, and I emphasize the healthy because I don't want to be a dad that can't play with my kid in the garden because I'm overweight and can barely breathe. So like that motivates me loads. And that's kind of like, so it's a bit of both almost, I suppose, actually now I've said it like that because I guess I, I am thinking of her. So that's kind of like the extrinsic motivation. But then the intrinsic part is like, I, I want to, I don't know, I don't know if it is intrinsic, I don't know if it's, now I've said it out, out loud, I don't know whether, it kind of feels like thing. I want to do it for me, I'm doing it for me because I want to be healthy, but yeah. it's obviously for her, so. This is where yeah. the overlaps are massive, because I was going to say, okay, intrinsic motivation, could that be health, so you, they turn around and say, look, if you don't, the doctor says, if you don't lose weight, then you shorten your life by 10 years or whatever, yeah. um, or if you, you know, 
this could have a knock-on effect on this, this and this. And so you want to get healthier for yourself, but at the same time, it's because you want to spend time with family and, and all that lot, isn't it? So uh, yeah, the crossover yeah. is huge. Whereas I suppose looking at more, okay, so extrinsic. So what could that be then? That could be... Um, that could be like a photo shoot. Yeah. got an external goal to aim for. Like yeah. none of us, put, there might be a case of, I don't know what, none of us really want to diet. None of us are that bothered about getting lean necessarily. But oh, we've got a photo shoot that we've signed ourselves up for and kind of got to do it now. So yeah, just just crack on and diet. So that that's obviously maybe a good example of a, an extrinsic or external motivation. But and then why do you want to be in shape for the photo shoot? You could do it like looking like the Michelin man if you wanted. Mm, yeah. Because that's then intrinsic of I want to look my best in it. And like you said to me, you know, the reason why you wanted sort of me overseeing things because you said I want to look the best I can if I'm if I'm going for this. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I think like the extrinsic thing always, co- always seems to come or I was always thought it came from like you're driven by like either reward or punishment. So it's not something that you really want to do. You either want to get there because you want the reward of it or you're scared of the punishment of not doing it. Yeah. So if somebody said, okay, and like, I know – I've heard, I don't know people, but I've heard stories of when, you know, these people just can't be, they're just not bothered about losing weight or being healthy and they're just like happy kind of, you know, being as they are. Um, and I, especially sort of with your younger people more so, where they've literally been offered money and by family have said, if you do this, then we are going to give you money uh, or, you know, we're going to buy you this or... Um, yeah. What was it with uh, with Fran? What did she discuss? Saying that uh, her parents said, once you reach this sort of weight, or going the opposite way and putting weight on, when you reach this weight, we'll buy you a bike. Yeah. So that's 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 kind of for your best interest, extrinsic motivation because you want that bike, uh, that reward. Um, so you kind of you follow the plan or what have you to to, to gain that. Um, yeah. So I suppose that's a that's quite an extrinsic motivation thing. Yeah, I guess you've got the other bit, which like I think is more like on the introjected side. So rather than intrinsic or external, that's kind of one of these ones where like it's partially both. And I guess some of these do fall into that we talked about. So like my like that example is like you might she might not want to put on weight, but she's kind of like feeling like she has to because she's been told to by parents. So it's like partially for her, but partially for other reasons. So yeah, and it's going been, against it, everything she fought in her head because she obviously with the the anorexia and everything yeah i was just gonna say interjected i always thought it's kind of more like um if you're you kind of like you don't want to lose weight but you kind of feel like you have to because you feel guilty otherwise like you feel like you should or you know just kind of like you partly partly should partly shouldn't yeah 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 i I feel like because of social pressures now as well. And I think this is something we discussed with Sophie Kelly and and, and that. you kind of almost feel as though you have to look a certain way. So that I think definitely comes out um, with a lot of people thinking, you know, I, I'm, I'm relatively happy with where I am, but I feel to fit in with society and to be the same as everybody else, I need to lose a stone. Um, and this is when it in, gets interesting talking to like potential new clients and it's you're trying to find out that you know the deep rooted cause of of why people want to lose weight because you want to find that goal with that motivator within them because some people come and say well oh, I want to lose a stone and a half I want to lose two stone yeah why well just because like everybody else is skinnier than me yeah but but why does that matter and you dig and you dig and you can find some really kind of cool answers within people um, yeah but I think kind of 
to, to kind of cap it, I suppose, is it, it does come from both, I think, doesn't it? There is always an external reward, pretty much, and there's also an internal reward of, of you know, feeling better within yourself and better self-confidence. I definitely think they're the most powerful. Yeah. Do you think then intrinsic comes from someone's values? Some people's value system values health, so they are motivated all Absolutely. the time mm. to be... Because you see people just live to eat quote unquote clean foods and always active and that's just how they are they don't yeah. they haven't got a name of like oh i want to be x percent body fat or x weight that's this is how i live this is how i am that's it like some people value honesty integrity whatever um some people just value health that, that tends to come with the people who are overly health seeking not overly as in a bad way but uh, you know more so than the norm uh, and that's I suppose where you start to get uh, vegetarians and vegans and, and people like that because they're sort of they're just trying to find the next next step it's like with anything isn't it I suppose you lose weight once and if you do sort of gain weight a little bit you want to go that next step further don't you you want to you want to get leaner um, so you, you get leaner and then you put your weight back on a little bit and then you're okay I want to get leaner again um, yeah so I, I think uh, yeah, I the leanness I've been when I when I when I enjoyed something because I had a, I had a, a sport specific goal rather than sort of like with that classes in that's not really internal is it? It's like more of a. Uh, it's probably more well again. It probably comes down to both though because the extrinsic part is the, is the sport specific part of it, but the intrinsic bit would be like it's important you do well at it. So yeah. That's or, or that's kind of like identified motivation. So you like identified your. Yeah, that's that's your identity, and that comes down almost your clean eating example about people that come, that's their identity. Their identity is, and that's what creates their motivation is that I am the person that eats clean and exercises. I'm not the person that has beer and eats cake. Yeah, because like when I was I was boxing, I was the leanest I've been. It's like right, I got to fight coming up, and I have to take my top off, sort of thing. So you get the thing of right, I, I got to be fit, I got to look good, mm. and being lighter, you're faster and yeah. faster than the win. So it's like. That's that. I was just saying, I suppose the question is like, so just take about you taking your top off. Did you want to look better because you want to look better or did you want to look better because you thought people wouldn't think you looked very good if you, if you didn't look better? Does that make sense? Both probably. Yeah. I think you, I know it's, it's not, not the same as you look, you look at pro boxers and you think clearly they're in shape because they're professional. So they've got to be. So I think you expect someone who's boxing. I think in my mind, if someone said to me, I'm a, boxer i can think you you cannot be fat yeah. unless like a super heavyweight which is like okay maybe yeah. but like yeah. I'm a, i was a middleweight it's like you can't be fat as a middleweight boxing yeah i say tell that tell that to tyson fairy fairy yeah well he's just fat isn't he yeah but then again he's world champion and he's all like no, uh, no. but for me in my head it's like right i have to look the part as well as but it's performance as well. The lighter I am, the faster I'm going to be. The faster I am, the, more, the better chance I have of winning. Yeah, Paul. So, um, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what, 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 what makes you tick? Like, so we could even put in your situation then. So let's think about to to project shoot. You were a bit bullied, bullied, <laughs> <laughs> bullied into doing it because you originally didn't want to. So, like, why have you said yes? I don't think it was such a case that I didn't want to. I guess in my head it was a my thought process was would I be allowing myself enough time? Mm. And again, 
probably my driver for anything would be to become larger uh, muscled, I guess. But obviously, as we know, that's a, a long commitment to get noticeably a lot bigger, I guess. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I think it kind of, the agreement kind of comes in because I kind of had sort of taken my foot off the gas with sort of over the Christmas period and yeah. and probably had put on probably up to why when I first dropped a, a fair bit of weight, probably up to the, a little bit under that, which is annoying, but it happens. No one's, um, well, I'm definitely not perfect when it comes to sort of maintaining stuff. Um, but also now, obviously, with, with the sort of accountability to you, to you guys, have the sort of ability to rein everything back in and sort of get back on track as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, my my driver isn't. I've never really, up until a couple of years ago, really been driven by physique goals or anything like that. I've always, I suppose, I younger has always maintained sort of sporty sort of physique just through activities that I've done and sort of surfing, football and stuff like that. Um, I suppose it's just later in life. I'm trying to make myself slightly more bulletproof, I guess now. As we know, age is ticking on. So, looking at a solid nutrition base and also obviously the ability to uh, keep functioning for as long as I can and sort of help obviously <coughs> that. And again, with you guys, obviously I, I don't have children as yet. And as time is ticking on that, I don't want to be crawling around the garden, not being able to do anything. You're all right. The missus is so young, then. She can do it all. Yeah, she's not going to roll me, push me around, is she? In the well, garden, she... chasing after the ball. <laughs> she might do. <laughs> no, she definitely won't. <laughs> no. So I guess, I guess, like we provided you with that accountability. So, um, I mean, which as does the actual, you know, I suppose the thought of you actually, like Johnny's uh, situation or example of taking a shirt off of boxing. It's the same thing. You have photo taken, so it's kind of like you, you want to look. Yeah, your best as you can, or at least have like a really cool transformation, don't you? So, which yeah, you I, think, I think that's also also which has come up sort of more in I suppose in our circles, sort of the fitness nutrition world. There's that thought process that if you're not all six packs and pecs, what do you know about helping people diet or anything like that? Yeah. So yeah, there is there is a sort of a part of me that wants to look in decent shape so that people are like i'm not going to take any advice from you you look like a marshmallow yeah we've talked about this before i think on the podcast haven't we i think i'm sure i can't remember which one it was but we did talk about whether you kind of have to be your own business card but yeah i mean and i agree that you do in some ways to a point but there is also the other side that a good coach will coach you don't necessarily have to have been world champion boxer the, the, me- the mechanisms in the sort of mechanics of doing stuff are there you just have to be affable and a bit sort of be able to help people get to where they're going yeah 
it's a good thing about doing a podcast, I suppose, because unless people follow us on socials, everybody thinks I'm shredded out. I'm actually like 25 stone and completely obese. It's an illusion. (laughs) But uh, no, it's it's an interesting one. And without going down the rabbit hole of being your own business card, it like I think we've all probably thought the same. Um, Oh, I need to be in shape because then people know what I'm talking about. And then you also see the flip of that of. You know, and any time I've ever posted a partially naked photo on Facebook um, or Instagram, it always gets more traction than you know the most educated post that has the most applicable information that could literally help millions of people. Um, that that the the reach on that is tiny, but then the reach on a a photo of my quads or like my abs or something like gets shit ton, tons more likes it's just like it's just it's stupid it really is stupid but we obsess about that then and that's then in your head so you think right well I've got to stay lean because that's what gets interaction and that's what's getting people applying for coaching um and it's I look, fucking oh yeah. stupid I sometimes look I tell like I think most of the people we aim most services at don't necessarily care that much but I always say, <clears throat> when someone says, oh, you've got to look the part to know what you're talking about. This is like more comes in the bodybuilding arena, as we've seen in a particular thread recently when someone associated someone's knowledge but how, with how often they've competed on stage, which shows how idiotic that person is. Um, it's like, would you take financial advice of a lottery winner? Now, most Instagram coaches obviously can't say all, probably 99%. It's like asking a lottery winner, for financial advice because they've they happen to be in shape or they happen to have money doesn't mean they know how to make money just because they're in shape doesn't, know how, they, doesn't mean they know how to get in shape or get other people in shape you know what yeah, I mean absolutely yeah and there's some amazing coaches out there we know that have probably never even been shredded yeah, it's not the so, or end all. But then you look at the, the I suppose the comedic side of that and uh, we, we will watch Little Britain yeah yeah, would you take diet advice from Marjorie Dawes, the fat fighters woman? No, no, no. Hard <laughs> note, but yeah, no. Uh, it'd be nice if they had some sort of qualifications, if I'm honest. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Okay, so let's kind of look at uh, moving that on then to uh, how can people stay accountable? How can people be accountable to their goals what sort of ways can they become accountable and I know we've kind of touched upon a few already but kind of really nailing it and going into detail I suppose how can they become accountable I think like just just taking it back one tiny step just because I like the intrinsic thing so obviously we'll talk about the extrinsic stuff obviously on your question there but the intrinsic thing kind of almost has to come from within like you can't you almost can't fake that or create it like you kind of got to have your own either light bulb moment so like the, the example I gave me and Johnny where boom, you know, like we've got kids and you want to do this or, you know, you kind of want to just feel, you, you feel shit about yourself or you get bullied or someone makes a comment or something and all of a sudden you're like, oh, and then that gives you that internal motivation to go and, and, and do it. But, yeah, I think a big one at the moment is like seeing an old photo of yourself on Facebook and thinking, oh yeah. shit, I used to look like that. Or you see a photo of a bad angle um and that that's it an old shit moment and you think oh i need to sort my life out um because you sort of you don't like the way you look and i've spoken to people and they're like i'm disgusted with the way i look and how i've let myself go um and you know they're big strong words to be using about your own self-image um but 
that tends to be the thing for a lot of people. Um, yeah, uh, you see it quite a lot though on Facebook, people posting old photos and going, oh my God, I can't believe I was a skinny or whatever. But then you get yeah. the flip side of that and you see a few photos that people post and you think, well, I hope to God that's their trigger moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds terrible to say, but um, yeah. But yeah, I think obviously that intrinsic moment has to kind of come within. But the extrinsic stuff is something like, and as a, just just to go back, I think obviously we both, well, we've all kind of agreed that a mixture of both is like such a powerful thing that can, can help people achieve, achieve obviously whatever goals they want. But the extrinsic stuff is stuff you can do to, um, or you can do tomorrow. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to wait for your, you know, your light bulb moment, as you put it, or whatever. So um, get a coach probably one of the first things that springs to mind just get a coach in some way so someone that you can not only get education from but obviously they can hold you accountable because you've got to report into them you've got to tell them kind of what you've done you've got to tell them about obviously the successes but obviously also the failures and they're quite difficult things to talk about so you don't really want to be able to have to, or have to explain too much about your failures because obviously no one likes to tell someone they failed like it's just one of those horrible negative emotions where you're like oh so that can be such a huge motivator, I think. And especially when it's not, you know, it could well be a stranger or somebody you've potentially followed. So if you followed them online for a while, uh, then you potentially look up to them and you, you kind of almost don't want to let down the people who you look up to. Um, and I think there's also the monetary factor in that as well. And this is why I don't really coach friends anymore. Um, I've helped them out and stuff, but they don't listen because there's no, there's no loss there for them. Um, and I find, you know, a lot of the time if they, if friends kind of turn around and say, oh, I'll pay or whatever, it's like, well, yeah, do it because you're going to stick to it more. Um, like even my own sister, I've charged my sister before, um, because it makes them stick to it because they've lost money, if not, and money means so much more to people than a lot of other things a lot of the time. Um, yeah, so... That, that's 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 actually just on that mate that's, that's actually another extrinsic motivation in that fact they've made a financial commitment investment paul you're about to say something yeah. i was gonna that you kind of just came into that point. go on then i did because in my head the intrinsic point uh would be more important to me than the extrinsic one because there's if you look across the population how many people have gym memberships that they pay that they don't use true so that's the gym membership the paying that out is an extrinsic motivator but then until you it, like you said the intrinsic bit drops and then you start using that there's been many people out there that are happy to just have that money or pay something even though they're not using it i haven't used my gym for six weeks that money's still going out the fact that money's going out hasn't really dragged me back to the gym. I've, I mean, we've spoken about it with uh, a partner to say, right, we either stop this gym because it's a very expensive sort of health club gym or we start using it. But because of how life is, it's kind of not got to that. So I think the the internal sort of motivator has to happen because obviously it happens before. It might You might go through a period where you're not that motivated to do it, but I think that like that's the sort of is a, a big factor as well. I think that's on a time scale thing as well, and also a monetary thing because if thirty, forty, fifty quid's going out, and it's you know it's not a massive dent in your income, um, then 
that's potentially something that you know I think it's all scalable if you were so okay so we've both paid for coaches who aren't the cheapest coaches in the world um you know I was paying up to sort of 190 quid at one point a month uh that was a that was a big chunk of money at 20 21 no I was older than that what was I 20 21 22 uh to be to be going out of my bank each month um you know that that was a noticeable amount so I had to so I wasn't wasting money. I had to make sure I was kind of being compliant. Plus, then I also had the added thing of extra goals and stuff like that. But, you know, if 30 quid a month, if that's not a massive dent and that leaves the bank without you particularly noticing, then that potentially might not be a big enough factor for to make you, you, you want to kind of stick to it. Plus, if it's happened for 12 months or eight, uh, you know, 18 months, two years or whatever, then again... It's it's a norm. It's that money goes out, so you don't notice it. Cause it's a norm. Whereas if I suppose you change gyms, or if you, I've done that recently. I've changed gyms. I've moved to a new gym. I was going to one of the country's best gyms, and I've left it to go to a, an average gym, which is five minutes down the road, just because of time. But I've got that kind of that, that taste for training back again, and I want to be, um, I want to be. Um, Kind of, you know, I want to train again because of because of because I'm I'm in that new environment. Um, yeah, so I think it kind of I suppose. Uh, did you feel the same when you were paying for for coaching and? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, obviously the the coaching was a whole sort of new sort of thing for me to. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was a large amount of money to go out every month. I don't make I'm not rich by any accounts. Um, having that come out and sort of having to just to, to justify it to myself was I had to action it I had to action something so where I was using it and obviously you're motivated by the fact that it's a new challenge it's and as you get with a good coach obviously you get um not fast results but you start noticing things and things become apparent of and obviously if you you enjoy learning you're, you are picking up new skills which was something sort of massive for me um but yeah yeah i agree it's that, that sort of paying for that coat or that, that the coaching was a, a big sort of external motive which obviously became intrinsic for myself as well okay yeah so it's good so i think we kind of kind of covered coaching there and um yeah so you know somebody who you look up to or somebody you're paying for or somebody who knows what they're doing you kind of you don't want to let them down but I suppose not everybody can afford or not everybody wants to pay out for that sort of thing so I would kind of come down to I haven't done a post on this for a while but I used to do posts on um, kind of how you can be accountable with your friends and looking at like literally just being doing stuff with your mates or doing stuff with a, a group. So if even if it's just down to like the work girls and you've got a group WhatsApp and you're just trying to lose some weight together. So you'll make, because you're in that social environment and because you're, uh, you you kind of do it because everybody else is doing it and everybody else is doing it because everybody else is doing it, if that makes sense. So like you all go out and you get a decent lunch. So you might get like a salad and some chicken for lunch and you'll get a skinny cappuccino instead of a full fat one. Um, you're doing it because you feel as though you have to do it because everybody else is doing it, but everybody else is thinking exactly the same thing. Nobody wants to let each other down. And yeah, so this is why you kind of get the coffee club of middle-aged women who are in their uh, lycra leggings and uh, they're all drinking their like skinny frapper wappuccinos outside Starbucks or whatever. Um, and they're, they're all wearing their athletic clothes and drinking that sort of stuff and having that salad or whatever for lunch because 
um, because they're all doing it. And it's not because any of them, you know, unless they're particularly health conscious and health seeking, they're not doing it because they absolutely love skinny cappuccinos, are they? They're doing it because they're all doing it. So I think being in a group environment, this is why Slimming World and Weight Watchers and things like that work so well, because it's the, the group environment. You don't want to let the girls down or you don't want to let the guys down. So whether it is just, a, you know, creating a WhatsApp with the people you work with or your best friends or your friendship friendship circle and you know keeping each other on track and keeping each other accountable and you know let's go to the gym together and, and let's do that and I mean looking at that one gym buddies and having a gym partner I haven't had a gym partner for since university so like three years um, because there's nobody who trains when I train because I train at stupid times normally but having that gym partner you know if you were feeling a bit oh I can't really be asked to go but they were up for it they kind of dragged you and vice versa um that's why things like that works so well. Like Brett, you train with uh, with somebody, don't ben. you? Ben, yeah. yeah. So ben. you know, I'm sure there's been plenty of days where you've kind of been mornings where you've, you know, maybe someone hasn't had the best night's sleep, and that meant you haven't had the best night's sleep. And do you want to be getting up at six a.m. to train? But you know that Ben's going to be there, so do you want to let him down? Um, I suppose. It, yeah, it, totally. I think the, ca- the sort of caveat to what you're saying there as well, though, on the other side of it is. You have to align yourself with people that have the same sort of goal as you. Absolutely. It's very easy to kind of, I find it, obviously, when especially in sort of relationships, you might have a goal to drop some weight, your partner might not. You'll roll around to be like, oh, what are we having for tea? And it's very easy to get persuaded into being like, let's just get this. Or same with your, especially lad friendship groups, why aren't you coming out on the beers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've got this. Oh, well, that's stupid. Just uh, just come out. One won't hurt. Then that turns into that sort of knock-on effect. Whereas aligning yourself in a group where you are accountable to something, it is a lit. It makes it that much easier to kind of say no to certain things, or say no when you need to say no, or at least educate yourself on how you can fit both of those in. But that sort of when it's sort of I thought I find sort of with a partner, it's it's a lot harder because the accountability you can yeah okay saying that but then it doesn't always happen that way yeah it does i think you're right in that you have to align sorry mate no, no, as you can say you're right in that you have to align yourself with the same people the same goals or the same kind of thought process otherwise that they're contradictory and they won't work um i guess you basically you don't you don't rely on those people um you don't rely on those people for our kind of motivation like if you got as, as in so what i'm trying to say is like if your partner is the type of person that doesn't have the same alignments of goals and stuff like that then they're not the person you rely on for motivation are they they're just your they're just your partner i don't mean like that they're your partner and obviously they're separate from your goals certainly um the only way to suppose to be involved is to actually explain to them what your goal is and get them to help you even though obviously so I think Ed, you obviously said about your point about alex and stuff about saying oh she knows that oh you don't really want that cheese when you come home ed you don't really want that cheese, um, which is which is the point. I guess they're not really um, same thought process or align the same relationship goals necessarily. Same goals, but obviously they have helped you because obviously you've explained that it's that's what you need to. Absolutely, have. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 
she, she, I suppose she turns it into a joke sometimes because she'll buy chocolate and then like refuse to share it with me when I ask. Um, even though like flexible dieting and it's well within my remit, um, but she, yeah, she, she'll do that and she'll be like, oh, you can't have any because you're dieting. Like she understands and she knows that I need to eat less and need to probably focus on more sort of lower volume, uh, sorry, higher volume, lower calorie foods. Um, yeah, but she can, she gets that even though. You know, she she is health conscious, but she's naturally one of those people who knows when to stop eating. And I've, you know, I've discussed this on previous podcasts. But looking at it on, uh, still looking at it from a relationship point of view. Um, so when I, when I was going through my competition prep and everything, and the the partner I had at that time, um, she wasn't health seeking. She didn't care about exercise. Didn't care about the gym. Didn't care about bodybuilding. If, if anything, she hated it. Um, and trying to explain that to why I would be doing certain things and to why I needed to train and to why I couldn't go out for dinner for the third night on the trot and, and things like that. that. That was tough, but it was a conversation I had and it was a conversation I had to have because I was like, this is my goal. Please, can you support me in this, whether you agree with it or not? And, you know, she sort of did 80% of the time, uh, which I suppose is more than anybody can ask to, but yeah, um, but finding, yeah, just having ha, having that understanding between the two of you uh, is big. And with friendships as well. And sometimes you just have to turn around and say, look, I'm doing this thing. Uh, you might not get it. My my university friendship group, who I'm like still really close with now, they, you know, one of them's into the gym and stuff. They, they all play sport, but uh, I got the piss taken out of me loads for, you know, doing my competing and stuff. Um, they said, oh, fair play to you, respect, but we don't get it. We don't get why you're doing it um and and everything else that comes along with you know lad conversations um but i had that conversation with them and i said look uh i know we don't meet up very often and i can't drink a lot i can't go eating a lot but i'll you know i'm making myself flexible for you so if you can just be kind of cool with it then then we can have a great time still and they they understood that and yeah so i think it is just kind of being very transparent with people and laying out what kind of your intentions are from the off because if you're trying to diet but not tell your partner and then you're going to get pissy with them because they're bringing home chocolate and cupcakes like of of course they're going to be like what the fuck are you on about because you haven't explained that and you haven't been sort of transparent and see through with it yeah Yeah. Uh, so i think one of some other ways i thought about like so obviously i thought i really liked the idea of whatsapp group actually just kind of like having a little group where people can ping ideas or you know whatever i guess just to keep people accountable i guess that kind of feeds in nicely to what else you could do like join facebook groups tons of free facebook groups that will just help because you'll see you'll be motivated by seeing other people those education information um all these things will help you keep accountable it's another good idea yeah so like a great example this week in, in our facebook group i know we've obviously like mentioned uh no nonsense nutrition facebook group just search no nonsense nutrition in facebook and you will find it um 1500 members already increasing every day uh, yeah, <laughs> um yeah so in that group this week uh so one of my sort of longer term accountability clients of all things as well it's not even a one-to-one client just somebody who i've kind of helped out with various different challenges and stuff like that um as a you know as a client um she lost over the course of a couple of years uh 29 kilos and she literally looks i know she'll be listening to this so um she looks 10 15 years younger yeah, um, a whole different person literally so 
gone from an, an overweight lady um, to somebody who is now slim and you know looks fantastic. Uh, and, and I said to her, I was like, look, come." She basically sent me the, um, the the photos and sent me the transformation. Um, and I said, "Can I share this in the group, uh, in the big group?" And she said, "Oh, oh you know." She was a little bit shy about it, but I just said, "You're just going to motivate so many people because I suppose if you're kind of that person who's listening to this and thinking, I can't do that." You know, I'm I'm too far gone, or I'm too old, or I'm too, you know, I'm I'm not motivated enough. You know, little things like that, and seeing that somebody else kind of maybe you potentially could have thought the same. You never know, you know, could have thought the same um, three years ago, or whatever, two and a half years ago, uh, and they've they've they made that decision to change, and they've kind of found accountability within their boot camp classes and joining. Facebook groups um, and, and they've absolutely killed it and got that kind of that dream that dream weight and that dream body and, and, and everything um, yeah, I think I think the annoying thing for me is that I still reckon there'll be so many people that will see that transformation and obviously the the progress and still think I can't do that they're special I can't do it and that's crazy everyone can do it like yeah, everyone absolutely you just got to put the time and the effort in and stop making excuses like kind of you know johnny was saying well you've got um, you've got to start you've got to commit you've got to start and you've got to learn you've got to, you have got to put the effort in you're right and yeah it's, there's so much you do have to do it's not just a case of don't be lazy you've got to, you know you've got to do it it's obviously a lot more complex than that but you do have to start somewhere and you have to believe because if you don't believe you'll just always think oh yeah the, the, that that kind of thing happens to other people that kind of thing doesn't happen to me but will if you believe it and you do it. Yeah. And if you kind of listen... Except that it's going to take some time. Exactly, sure. yeah. You didn't necessarily blow up in weight over a week of overeating. I did, a week on holiday. Yeah. But, yeah, it's going to take time to, to work. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so are there any other ways of creating accountability i suppose you could create social proof i know a lot of people do this for uh people maybe with a big following will say i'm going to write it like martin mcdonald's done it recently i'm going to write a book i don't know what on it needs to be on something different you give me a topic and i will write that book so that is social accountability and, and everything so he's kind of you know he's, he's addressed his six seven thousand followers and said i'm going to do this thing um now you're accountable to that because you can guarantee every day he's going to have a message saying, is that book ready yet? Yeah. Um, so yeah. I know it's it's daunting to, to post stuff online, um, but maybe you could just say, well, this is where I'm at. I'm unhappy. I'm going to change. I'm posting it here for social accountability because now I've got to do it because now I've told so many people I'm doing it. Yeah. Uh, and that, that doesn't that doesn't have to be like to everyone. I guess that could go back to the group thing. Post it in a group where it's a bit more maybe understanded. So you go to a, a weight loss group and just post an air to say, right, this is my situation. This is where I want to be. Yeah, and everybody's going to be kind of cool with that because that's the environment for it. I suppose if you just went out and like, <laughs> if you were somebody who didn't really post much on Facebook and you just all of a sudden like posted a picture of yourself and your knickers and said, right, I'm going to change. Um, I 
but guarantee a lot of people would be like, oh, what, what on earth? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, that's that's so cool though. If somebody did do that, because they are now socially accountable. And then if you, you know, if you just kind of disappeared for twelve months and then came back and was like, oh, I did it, then that's really cool as well. But at Shredded. the same time, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I suppose if you kept people updated, people get like sucked and hooked onto your journey. Uh, I'm sure you boys have done it where you've followed somebody's journey, whether it's been mm. like through dieting or been going through something. Uh, and you got sucked into it and you kind of be a bit like, oh, yeah, I wonder if this person's checking in today or I wonder what the, yeah. how they've done. And it, it's kind of weird. But, yeah, that's, that's one way of kind of that like social accountability. And I suppose, um, again, resorting back to what Fran was ta- talking about uh, and she created her Instagram following to kind of document her food for herself to make herself accountable for eating and eating more calorie dense food yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of document her recovery she, i think a lot of people use their instagram for that yeah yeah so that's that's one way of creating accountability and making you recover essentially uh and now she's got you know a good strong following she makes money off it not that that's kind of you know people's end goal but it can work things like that can kind of it, it's crazy how people get sucked onto things and relate and how you can inspire um, and things like that uh, you know yes. not everything should be about making a business off the back of it uh, but yeah you get right. my point cool right let's wrap it up here so because um, I think we've done unless you guys got anything you want to add no just hit the hour mark so yeah yeah so big thank you to everyone that's doing the reviews um, I just want to do another shout out to say please can if you haven't reviewed and obviously, if you like it, and all they you know, we always say, even if you don't like it, please go leave us a review. We would prefer a five star, not a one star. Don't be a one star Terry or one, one star, star Wally. Wally, there you go. Wally. Yeah, all right, one star wanker. <laughs> um, don't be a one star wanker um, unless you're prepared to put some actual uh, feedback so we can improve because we are happy with that. What we're not happy with is anyone leaving one star. Not, we've only ever had one, one one star. And he didn't, or he or she, I'm assuming it's a he, you know, don't know why. I'm that. assuming gender. I know, but I just think it's just a spiteful male thing to do, isn't it? But um, <laughs> one, we've got one one-star wanker who didn't leave any any comments at all. But um, if you'd love to help support us, then please leave a review because I say it gets us into the iTunes charts or up the iTunes charts. Also, share with your network. If you think people would like to listen to it, tag us on Instagram. Share it. on. If you see our posts, share them on Facebook. Just do us the honour of just passing it around because, again, it gets to more people and we get to help people. And obviously, we then also get more popular. So, And if, it help, if it's yeah, helping yeah. you, guarantee it's going to help some of your friends. So, Defo. Defo. And, um, on the iTunes episode and hit share up the top. Top right button. And you can share the whole link to the whole back catalogue of them if you want it. The, the whole, the whole, whole back catalogue, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and if you haven't already, join the No Nonsense Nutrition Facebook group. It's free and it's amazing, and there's loads of cool people in there. Yeah. Not not us, obviously. Yeah, we're not in there. We're not actually More in there. <laughs> other cool people. Um, so. Yeah. Cool. So, mm-hmm. should we skedaddle? Yes, so uh, nice to see you both. And Shane, Johnny couldn't wait to the end, but see you next week. See you. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>